It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our interview today at the Hospitality Property School is with Gudrun Quillo, a woman of many talents. Gudrun has had a career in opera as an artist-in-residence for stage scenery and makeup, then as a winemaker, a hospitality property owner, and now an author. Wow! Gudrun, I'm amazed you're able to make the time to share your story and expertise with us. All that being said, Gudrun, are you ready to jump into this? Absolutely. Good. Now, most of our listeners are hospitality property owners, and... I want to talk about your very unique property, but I'll do that in a little bit. First, it's not uncommon for the hospitality property owners I know to have not started in hospitality, but in other fields, just as you have. And I would like to know how you got into theater, specifically opera. How did that happen? It happened by pure chance. I, um, my profession that I have, um, what my uh, background is, that doesn't really exist in the United States. <clears throat> it's called a drogistian. So it's basically where you learn everything about plants um, and selling makeup comes in, and then you have different courses that you can take. And I soon realized that I was more into the part of makeup. I went to Vienna and they had a program with an exchange student to go to the United States. And I took this opportunity and I ended up in New York. But uh, when I started uh, with the makeup there and um, going, you know, to further um, educational parts of it, it became very clear to me that New York was not um, giving me what I thought would enhance my career in the sense that I maybe ended up uh, with people that uh, my English at that time was not very good. So I was always ordered to get coffee and all kinds of other things. And then... Strange enough, a friend of mine went to Palm Beach and um, from, from my hometown, and she was working for a family. And the family, um, you know, we're all snowbirds in Florida, <laughs> and they left for the summer to go to Long Island. And she was uh, staying by herself, taking care of the house. So I came down, and for me, Austria, Finland, you know, no ocean, and I have the palm trees and the beautiful sand and everything. I said to myself, I want to stay here. <laughs> and um, I found a lady. Her name was George Klinger. And she had um, stores throughout the United States. It's almost like Elizabeth Arden. And I introduced myself to her. And she became very intrigued by me and, and how I did my makeup. So she was my sponsor. And um, she was the one who was able to give me the uh, work permit to stay in, uh, in the United States. And um, from there, everything changed very rapidly. I started to work in the auditoriums and did makeup in Miami, did makeup in West Palm Beach, um, did courses, and of course, you know, worked in her store doing makeup when uh, people had their facials and things like that. It was not very glamorous, but for me, it was beautiful because I was accepted as who I am. And they were very eager that I improved with my English and uh, Mrs. Klinger was very, very much involved in my um, education. And um, uh, soon after, my sister arrived in Palm Beach, and then years go by, and, and um, we, um, you know, we ventured into a different kind of kind of a business. And then my sister got married, and um, 
that's how I met my husband through my sister actually so oh nice <laughs> yeah and then you know the story is that you get married and so um, here I am <laughs> so I became an American I became an American citizen I do have uh, um, also my Austrian roots and I'm still an Austrian as well and um, but life completely changed when I married my husband nice. my husband was an American immigrant. No, my, okay. my husband's family was American immigrants that um, met on the boat going to the United States. They soon after married and um, they had seven children and Bob was the second youngest, growing up very, very poor, born in the Bronx. And he always said to himself, he would make it from the wreck to the riches, he would go back to Italy and buy a property. And that's what he did. Nice. So that's when you you found a passion, from what I understand, a passion in the Italian culture? So what happened was, is, <clears throat> you know, when you are married to someone who was very much involved in the, in the theatrical community, he did many, many Broadway shows, and uh, he, he bought the theater of Burt Reynolds um, in West Palm oh, Beach, wow. and he was a person who would... Um, support young artists and give them a chance to grow. He also did CDs, you know, did music um, 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 CDs and I mean, a lot of things. He was in the restaurant business and um, but he made his fortune in the car industry. So he was, um, he had Toyota. He was the first Lexus dealer in the United States and he really grew himself and um, he was of course you know much older than me but he was very much involved with um me getting to know myself better so he was very very supportive of the things that i wanted to do he always asked me what i think and i writing was always my passion and um and never really wrote a book or anything like this but i wrote lyrics to songs and i write every day in my diary of things that happened around me and um, then, you know, after um, years going into, um, my husband said to me that he really wants to go and buy something in Italy. And he came from Napoli, so he wanted to buy something in Capri. That did not go through. So he already told everybody in the States that he bought the place and oh, no he was in so um, Leah Cocker was one of his very close friends and we came to see him and we were not the best house guests because our face was very twisted. We were not very happy. And he said, go around and drive around and, and go and taste the different wines Tuscany has to offer. And we ended up in a winery called Riechene where the owner uh, was Gary Bauman who worked for Ernst & Young. Then um, the winemaker was Irish and his wife was German. So it was a gloomy Sunday afternoon and we got to drink and we had a really great time and you get some cheese and we end up having pasta with them. And then Sean said to my husband, I says, quickly buy something in Naples down there. It's boring, da, da, da. Buy something in Tuscany. My husband said, yo, why not? So Sean said, listen, there is a property called Casalento. It's in Raleigh County. It is not for sale, but the owner passed away and the wife wants to move back to Switzerland. Why don't we just go there tomorrow? So sure enough, we arrived on a Monday at 11 o'clock, met the lady, had the handshake at one o'clock and on Friday, we exchanged the money in Lake Como. And then we had wow. a house. We were happy. And Gary, here comes the funny story. So... We got back to America. We knew that we had a South Gate, we had a North Gate, that the property was really big. The house was a disaster. So we had to get the contractor and, you know, deal with all of that. And then we are home and around Christmas time, we're getting a phone call from a lawyer in Florence called Lorenzo Country. And he's telling us that the property has six and a half hectare of Chianti Classical rights. And there's a winery nearby who want to buy those rights. So my husband was looking at me like, we, could, we didn't understand what that meant because <laughs> we thought maybe we had, we had vineyards somewhere, but we did not see them. 
And then he explained to us what that means. And um, and then my husband said, okay, give me your number and I'll call you back. So he hung up and he says, good friend, guess what? I said, what? I said, we are going to go and plant grapes in Casavento, wines in Casavento. I said, what are you talking about? They have, they, they have rights here, they have this, we need to go back to Italy as soon as possible. We need to figure everything out. So I said, okay. So we went back to Italy and um, with the contractor who also um, was able to help us with the vineyards. And uh, we decided that we're going to go and plant the vineyards around Casalvento, our house. So not buying a property in, 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 in Capri on an island. We actually now live on an island just surrounded, not by water, but by, but by wine, by, by grapes. Wow. Yeah. And the idea was because we didn't know anything about the winemaking process. <clears throat> However, I do come out from a family mm-hmm. that my grandfather built uh, wine cellars in the southern part of um, Austria, in Styria. And we also had a, had a beer brewery. So somehow, every, you know, I knew a little bit glimpses and things of, of, of how the process would go. And um, the idea then was that this winery would come in who wanted to buy our, uh, um, our rights and they would run the property. And then my husband and we had the first meetings when we did all of the excavation work, when we took two years to plant. And finally in 2000, you know, we had the plants in, in, in the field. So you have to wait another four years. Right. But then um, it, 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 it became so interesting to me how everything came together. And then when you only get 1,000 bottles back after you spent so much money, my husband actually came up then with this idea one, one night in the evening. He says, Kutran, why don't you just go and educate yourself and you do it? I said, Bob, that's impossible. I don't even know the language. He says, well, you're young enough. You have nothing else to do. So you learn the language, you know, you read the books, you do this, you do that. You get an analogist, you get an agronomist, and you just go and be hands-on. And that's how it all started. Wow. Yeah. Oh. In the meantime, we have no agronomist, we have no analogist. I'm running this by myself with my um, great manager, Martino who is the right-hand man here. And um, and I learned, I mean, all the people since 1997 have been with us from the beginning. Not one person has left. That's incredible. The, we have a family that lives on the property. The son is not working for us. They have a little son they named after my husband, Roberto. Oh. I have Deborah, my sweetheart in the house, who is stories in the book. Martina, Carl in the office. We have in Livanano a great crew. Um, so it's just really the only sometimes people change is you know when you open up the agriturismo because you don't we're only open from um, Easter until the 15th of October. Mm-hmm. So we have people that come in part-time. But right. even that after the last 12 years became stable. So we always have the same people coming. And it's just a big family. And I think that the um, the road to success, in my point of view, is the people that are around you. And you cannot be an I person. You have to be a V person. You have to be a team. And we are all a team and we are a family. And that's how it all comes together. Oh, Even that's at excellent. The, at Corona time, I was so worried about everybody. Yeah. And they were worried that I would send them home or whatever. I said, listen, guys. We're going to go and have a Zoom call, get everybody together, and then we'll talk about who did what in Romania, who did what the tractor driver, what did he do before. And we found out that everybody had some kind of a forte. So one knew how to paint, the other one knew how to be an electrician and, and do certain things. So I said, okay, so nobody gets off the property. You guys are all staying together. We have all the vegetables. We are organic. We have all the foods. We have no guests. So you can take whatever you want to. You don't go into town. Meat, eggs, whatever you need. We have them delivered to you guys at, uh, on the on the gate. And you do this. You paint the walls. You do this. You you know. So everybody helped together. And then when it was time to open up, we were ready to go. We were like boom, boom. And none of us had Corona. None of us. That's amazing. 
Yeah. Wow. You should be teaching this. It's it's it was it's just like you know because I saw Gary how they are with me, yeah. okay, and how they treat me, and how they treat me as a woman. They the men they still respect you, and so with this respect, you cannot just give up when hard times come. You have to start even be more closer to them and make sure that they're okay. Because if you're nice to them, they be they will be nice to you. If you are not respectful to them, they will not respectful. They will not be respectful to my company. They will not respect be respectful to my lands, and they will not respect the owner. So it's it's one hand washes another, oh, and I've done very well with that. That's incredible. So mm -hmm. you're totally open now. Yes. Yeah. We're open, fully function. Our satisfaction rate is 97, and we are in the middle of nowhere. But it's the Aspera at Astra. It's a Latin phrase with the difficult to the stars. So when the customers do find us, they don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that. I can really see that. We have so, a great chef, too. So it's, it's, and, and Vader, the staff, everybody's nice. So, oh, that's excellent. So, yeah. what type of wines do you produce? Okay, so we are in the heart of Chianti, Chianti Classico. Mm -hmm. So um, we produce Chianti Classicos. It has the rooster, the Gallonero on it. And that means that you have to produce with the wine 80% Sanchevese and 20% you can use grapes that you have growing in the vineyards like Meloa, Cabernet. But uh, you're not allowed to irrigate the wines. You're not allowed to buy um, other grapes for the current selection, which is a new kind of, of, of uh, an appellation that we're having. So it's a, it's very interesting. Casavento only produces red wine. So we have the Super Tuscans, um, which is 100% uh, Cabernet, um, called Llanos. And um, there's also a nice story behind that one. And Livanano also produces white wine. So we have there, uh, we grow Merlot, Cabernet, Cabernet, we have Gewürztraminer, we have Sauvignon Blanc, and we have Chardonnay. Casavento, we have Alacante, we have um, um, Sangiovese, of course, Merlot and Cabernet, Cabernet Franc. Nice. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I heard that you also produce a low-calorie wine. Yes. Yes. That it was amazing. a project. It was a project that's... Um, came from Virginia Phillip. And um, she is a very dear friend, also helped me a lot with the education with wine and tastings. And um, she is uh, located in Palm Beach and she was the first master female uh, sommelier and uh, is still very much involved in that. And um, yeah, so she came up with this idea. She came to visit me and we created the low calorie wine called 90C. 90 C. Yep, 90 calories per glass. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can see that being so very made, popular. We made rosé, we made uh, a Chardonnay, and we made a red wine. Okay. Excellent. Now, I would like to talk about your property. Now, your property, mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, is very unique. It can't be classified as a, a hotel or a bed and breakfast. Can you tell us a little bit of, well, first of all, what the property is and how it came about? Okay, so Casalvento was our first adventure. Then we put a lot of money in there and our first vintage in 2004, we made in the garage. And my husband said, man, this is way too messy. I don't want to do that. We need to build a wine cellar. So we started to build uh, a wine cellar in Casalvento. And then one day he said, you know, we put so much money in there. When we come out with our wine, we, we never made any wine. So nobody will ever know us. So we drove around and we came across a property called Livanano, which is actually adjacent now to Casalvento. But you cannot go directly to it. You have to drive around it. So we basically bought all little properties up in between, made another two hectares of wineries there. But yeah. um, so 
It was really funny. So the owner was a Swiss guy. And uh, Livanano is a medieval town. Livanano is 1,500 years old. The last oh. owner of family left Livanano in 1953. And the Swiss guy came in and he planted one hectare, two hectares of grapes. And he made like what we in America call a garage wine. And um, it was local salt. Um, one was called Puro Sangue, which means 100% blood. Um, it was Sangiovese. And then he had another one called Livanano, which was a blend of Melo and uh, Sangiovese. And um, like a lot of other people, you know, when they buy something, money always runs out faster than you think it would. And um, we became close friends. And my husband said, you know, if you want to, we become partners. So they became partners in 2000s. And most of the, there was only one house that was restored. Everything else was, was still a ruin. The church was a disaster. The roads were a disaster. And um, we then decided that we would work together with a payout plan get came out over a certain period of, of, of uh, years. And the reason why was because we could not run both vineyards together because mo most of the time, you know, we didn't live in Italy, we live in the United States. But Mr. Gypsy Kim Wagon and Mr. Spick and Span, as my husband is called, they did not get along. And that relationship ended faster than you could say good morning. Okay. So... We were then left alone, and then um, after we finished our wine cellar here, the crew went over to Livanano, and we went to the archives in Siena, found the old uh, footprints of what Livanano once looked like, and uh, slowly but surely we started to rebuild one house after another. And now it houses only our guests. We um, specialize in weddings and get-togethers and things like that, um, because we have the church on it and so many other things that uh, Livanano has to offer. And we are fully self-contained with our own waters, with our vegetable gardens. We have the poesy walks uh, that we do. We do, we play operas a couple of times a year in, in, the, in the villa when it's oh, full. Wow. And um, yes, we're very much cultural involved. We do um, poetry readings. We have, um, as I said, a lot of weddings. And um, yeah, it became a destination for a lot of people. And so you use the whole hamlet, the whole village. Yes, it's only for our customers. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And they feel free. We have the chef, the, the grill outside. They have the barbecues. They have the Roman fests. They do all kinds of things. So, And um, yeah, for me, it's, it's exciting to see the people when I get there, how happy and, and how relaxed and relieved they are. And, they always tell us when they write, make a reservation to give them information about the surroundings areas because they want to travel here, they want to travel there, and then they come mm -hmm. and they don't move. <laughs> 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 they stay there. They do their cooking classes. Really? Yeah. So how many rooms on your property? Um, we have 12 suites. Okay. We can sleep 30 people. So. The way the government government was here, you cannot just make one room after another like this. So everything had to have like a living uh, room, a sotto torno, and a bedroom. Then it has to have to have a recreational area. So it's they're very very big and spacious rooms and suites. That's amazing. And and the restaurant is right there on site. It's, it's on site, yes. So we have breakfast, we have lunch service, we have dinner service, and um, yeah, so and great wine. <laughs> <laughs> apparently so yeah it's obvious that you're very busy yes. and that's when you decided to write a book now my wife is an author oh I didn't know that. and uh i know how busy she was she's written a couple of books and i know how busy she gets when she's yeah. writing yeah. how did you manage to balance your professional life and your writing so um, my husband was diagnosed with a very sad illness. 
he they called him the Renaissance man, and um, he had the Lifetime Achievement Awards in business. He had many, many different awards and did great things. And he was a supporter of the arts of the Patriots. And um, he knew he was not feeling very well, but nobody really took him seriously. And finally, one doctor um, diagnosed him with dementia. And then dementia came into Alzheimer and he, it became very difficult. So I don't know if you're familiar with that, but when people get in the stage, they start to lose the present and he forgot who I was. And, and, um, it, it was just really devastating. And I needed to have some kind of, of an out, um, an outlet yes. of that not to become too sad. And then my mother said to me, good one, you always wrote such beautiful stories. Why don't you just write a book? And I says, mom, I don't know how to write a book. I said, it will come to you. And um, so what I did was, <clears throat> it suddenly just came to me one day and I started writing down in the evenings in Palm Beach, I was sitting outside at a glass of wine and I had my, my fountain pen, my, my lucky pen. And I came up with, with an idea. And um, so I wrote the beginning, the, the first two chapters, and I came back to Tuscany with my husband and with my whole crew. And I had my mom read it, and she said to me, good one, you need to continue on. So she said, where's your phone? So she took my phone, and she says, how do you do this when you have to put the alarm in there? And I said, what are you talking about? So she put from 1 o'clock until 5 o'clock. And she said, from 1 o'clock until 5 o'clock, you sit in front of this paper and you write. And it was like going, like when you want me to go to the gym and they say you have to exercise every day and you don't want to go. But if you do go, you're so happy that you went. That's how it happened. And I found the time mainly in the evenings, but later on also during the daytime. Then the other positivity that I had, because I also own an importing company in the United States, um, is that um, the six hours time difference. So my day, right. Europe would start at three o'clock in the afternoon, which I changed into five o'clock. In the mornings, I would be down in the cantina. Then you have your weekly reports that everybody reports to, to you. And um, the only thing that you need to do is delegate. And that's what I did. And, um, and I wrote this book and um, it, it went so fast. I, I mean, it just put out and I'm, it, it was amazing. I was like, I'm still. And then on my birthday in Austria, I had all my friends for my birthday party. And then I, <clears throat> they said to me, so, you know, what are you up to now? What are you doing? I said, oh, nothing really. I'm just writing a book. And they all <laughs> looked at me like, now she's losing her marbles. <laughs> but I wrote it for myself first. I wanted to do something. I'm always a person. If I start a project, I complete it. It does not matter how difficult it is. Then writing the book was not that difficult. Finding a publisher, that's, that's the whole, whole other story. <laughs> yes. But I think for them. And um, it's, um, yeah, it was quite interesting how everything started. Would you mind sharing the plot of your book? Okay, so what happened was I made, I, I, in my mind, I had this story. I wanted to talk about a woman who thinks she has everything in life, the perfect life, and then something, life, you know, throws her a curveball. Mm -hmm. So I invented the characters. I invented Erica. I invented Craig. And um, I had her not knowing about her past. Her parents passed away when she was 18. Uh, Craig's family, you know, took her partly in. So in her um, growing up, it was never really talked about, about her background. And she knew that something must have happened uh, um, in the past. But, you know, if your parents are not talking about this, you're not going to go and ask. So, and then also over time, you know, you get used to it that you don't have any uncles or any um, cousins and things like that. So she was basically alone when they passed away when she was 18 years old on a plane crash. 
And they were together quite well. <clears throat> so Craig was a very successful real estate um, attorney. And um, Erica is works in a company that um, um, turns distress companies around. So she started business. And her partner, Tiffany, um, they started the company. And then the book starts out where, you know, they have been together for 13 years, where then Craig finally pops the question if she wants to, if they want to get married in September, um, because she's 30 years old, she's 35 years old, and that's how it starts. And soon after she goes to work, she gets a letter um, and um, that she had to sign for from Italy. And it turns out that she inherited property. So, of course, it's distressing the whole thing and the lawyer it demands immediately that she has to come to Italy and then her whole life becomes to turn upside down and um, from a person who lives in a city you know wears all of this couture clothes does not cook because you know New York offers everything why do you cook and um, the lifestyle that they let you know the weekends in the Hamptons so she really did not think that she missed something in life, but unexpected when she came here, not knowing what would expect, and then finding out that this was actually her grandfather's property, and then uh, meeting the lawyers, and then, you know, finding out that that Tiffany had something with, with her fiance, and all of this coming together, her emotions coming together, she realizes that the life that she has lived is not a life that fulfills her. And in New York, you don't see a rainbow. You know, in New York, everything, the time goes by so fast. You mm -hmm. don't open up your eyes. You bump into people. Um, everything is more important to society, what rank you're having. But funny enough, when I was writing it, so the story was made up, but deeper and deeper and deeper going into the chapters and the chapters, I realized that Erica became me. And unconsciously, I was writing and it had my wishful thinking in there. So what I, what I was lacking in, in, in love, what I was lacking in closeness, what I was lacking about, you know, the nature, the rainbows, the, the rosemary, the smell, the cooking. I, I started to cook when I came here. So I, I brought all of these experiences that I had I started to bring this in this book, and um, and then it, it it was so it was so fascinating. And then I put the characters, I put my employees in there, and they, they, everybody was allowed to choose their own names. So Deborah became Doris, and uh, Carla became Susan, and all of all of all of this this thing that came all together. And they are so proud of this of this this venture because it was a venture together. And here, especially now. You know, it's been, it's not important to wear couture clothes. It's not important what car you drive. It is not important because I live in Palm Beach where, where money is being shown. You, if you don't live in a $20 million home or the things, you know, you're not closed up in the society. Not to talk bad about it because most of the people, they made their money, they're working. But yeah, their wives yeah. are just, have nothing else to do. They go and play golf. They play cards. They go and belong to clubs. That's not me. That's not me. And, and and I went through a very difficult phase when my husband was so sick. But in, in any event, I realized that life is so much more to offer. And now I cannot wait to go to bed and I cannot wake up in the morning. Every day there's a different day. In Palm Beach, when Monday came about, I didn't even want to get out of bed. And here, I cannot wait for the Monday to come, to go down in the cantina, to greet my customers, to give them a wine tour the wine tastings, to go to Livanano, to say hello to them, you know, and yes, it's a Strada Bianca, it's a white road, but everything is so happy. And the, and all my workers, everybody's smiling here. Nobody's grumpy. That's lovely. That is, so this is you, all in you, your book. Yes. So it, it the whole setting in your book is where you are it's right now. In Livanano. That's the setting. That's my place. It starts out in New York. It ends up in Italy. Mm -hmm. And then, then she finds out, you know, then she didn't want to sell up. And then she had this, her, her father, her grandfather, 
has this um, this parts in the will that she can only accept the will or the properties if she lives for five months in Italy. Oh. And during those five months, she will receive letters that the grandfather wrote to talk about the history, where she came from, how he went to the United States, how he had to come back, what was the story. And those letters came without a date. And then she, there are so many intrigues from the neighbors, from the, the bureaucracy, from things where she becomes scared. And, and then at the end, she stays the five months here. She falls in love with, with the manager of Livanano, of Casalvento, with Paolo. And um, it's a whole new different life that she leads. She brings her, she has a great couple, a, a gay friends that she brings from the United States to come to visit. And then at the end, when um, she's taking the property over and she's the rightful owner of Livanano and then Casalvento and Livanano, there was another twist where the lawyer said to her, you know, sometimes we lawyers have to do things that is more than just, you know, stick to the law. So I need to tell you, and I hope you understand that it was your grandfather's wish. And now you know who he was. And you have many times mentioned to me that you wish you would have known your grandfather. And your grandfather has not passed away. Your grandfather just signed a document over to you and he's right next door. And it's up to you if you want to meet him. He's um, 89 years old. And of course, a little fragile. And first, you know, her emotions go through the roof. She doesn't understand if she should be happy. Then she realizes that Paula was in, that everybody was in. Then she feels betrayed by all of the people. But at the end, oh, wow. she comes to her and she says, you know what? Take me to him. And um, they go and, and they look at each other, they embrace, they both cry. And then she says to him, let's go home, grandfather. Then they drive home and Paula is driving extremely slowly. She gets antsy. And then she says, grandpa, why did you not just call me when you found out about my existence and my thing and, and just try to get to, you know, to talk to me? This is Erica. Would you really have thought that if I would call you out of the blue with the life that you've left, lived in the United States, that you would talk to me or come to Italy and take over the properties. I said, that was the only way for us to try to get you to Italy. And that's what wow. we did. And then she leaned back and she says, you know what, Grandpa, I think you're right. I would not have come. And I thank you for it. And I thank you for the change you've made in my life. And I'm so happy. And then when they finally arrived in Casalvent, everything is so quiet. And then she sees Paolo, uh, um, the grandfather sticking something to Paolo. He puts it in his pocket. And then they come around the corner and there was this big fester. And the lights go on and all the employees, her gay friends, all of her people that have been with her the last five month, months are with her and they celebrate. And then it turns out because it was the 6th of October that it was the, the 89th birthday of the grandfather. <laughs> and then um, Paolo proposes to her. She, of course, accepts, and the ring, the little thing, what, what he gave her was a ring that was a sunflower that belonged to her grandmother. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Even I cried when I had to read my own book. I bet. <laughs> I said to myself, I cannot believe this. <laughs> I cannot believe I actually did this, and I finished it. That's, yeah. that's incredible. That's wonderful. So you took... Everything from, or not everything, but you took a lot of it from your own life and everything around yeah. you. That's yeah. that's great. I know that anybody listening to this now is going to be intrigued about you and your property, the wineries, the 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 property, and yeah. your book. Where could they find out more information? Yeah, everything is on online. I mean, Livanano has its own websites. Um, if you go into Rada uh, Chianti. 10 best wineries, you know, my wineries pop up because my husband always said to me, good one, if you do this, remember one thing. In my state of age, I don't buy green bananas anymore. Everything has to be perfect. <laughs> Everything has to be good. Everything has to be clean. And we made wines that are not really the Chianti of, of Tuscany. I mean, there are rules and regulations that you have to go by. 
but we have we put our own techniques in. And for us, it was important very much so because where we are in, in this area, in the Chianti Classico region, which is very, very small inside of Chianti, inside of um, um, Tuscany, it's only a very small percentage. Okay. But um, we have very different soil here. So we have the Alberese stone. And you have to really excavate very deep. So then we went two and a half, three meters down to roll the soil, to cut the stones, and to give the nutrition in, nutrition in there. Because the wines, the rootstocks are going very, very deep down. And um, what our goal was, where when you drink wine, we did not want that you have the, the taste of the woods, the taste of the oak. We wanted to have the taste when you open up the bottle of wine, the chini comes out of Tuscany in the bottle, where you can smell the the terra, the coldness, the warmth to it. They um, where you can smell the fruits, the um, the blackberries, the currants, a bit of the tobacco inside, you know. And um, we ferment not only in 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 oak, but we ferment in stainless steel. We ferment in concrete in uh, so many different things, so many wow. different varieties. And then um, because we are organic, we don't add any yeast. So the wine has to stay on the skin much longer. So the process of the fermentation can go up to three three months instead of just like two or three weeks. Okay. But all of that said, um, everything is clean in the wine cellar. Everything is fantastic. The people really respect it. And then every part of the vineyards have a different position in the wine cellar. So we, when we have the Merlot from Livonano and the Merlot from Casalvento, the Merlot from um, Ovest East or from Pochi, we all ferment everything separately. Then after the fermentation, we start tasting the wines and then we decide to make the blend of what we're going to go into. So therefore, we can never say, oh, I'm making 3,000 bottles of this every year, making 6,000 bottles of this every year. No. It changes every year. And if the year is not good, we don't make the wine. 2014 was a horrible year. We did not mm -hmm. make one bottle of wine. We just sell the bulk to our other wineries. And we skip the year, and then we go into the next vintage. So um, it's, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people cannot afford to do that. But um, with us, you know, it paid off and we came becoming a very young winery. We have a very high recognition um, in this area. And it is difficult to be a foreigner, mm, to be okay. accepted in this community. And um, sometimes it's very tough for us, but slowly but surely, you know, everything that we did, we built with locals. We did not go to Milan and, and get a huge company coming here and build the wine cellar. We did not go into Venano and put people from, from Albania into, into making our our rebuilding our hamlet. No, everything was done by locals that are surrounding us. So we are a big supporter, especially for the families, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and it has served us well. I don't know enough about wine to appreciate everything you shared now, but I'm interested in learning. If, if I wanted to learn more, how would you suggest somebody would start? Okay, um, if I answer this correctly, um, there's only one way to make wine. You need a grape and you need to ferment. And, you know, out of ferment, fermentation, the juice, the grape juice becomes alcohol and into wine. I believe the secret of a good winemaker is the lens where you blend the grapes, the rootstocks that you have, they um, they work in the cellar. And that's that's my philosophy. And the other thing is too, I always say, who says that this this is the best wine? Who's these are the, the professionals, okay? Mm -hmm. But in my point of view, I believe that every consumer that drinks wine has its own palate. And they will find out what palate do they like. So that's that's what that's what they should go for. I don't. I'm not a believer of buying the most expensive bottle of wine on the menu. 
when I go in a restaurant, I usually never buy wine that's over $100. Okay. And yes, I mean, there, there are the French wines, the Terra that they had, or they still have, and, and they recognition what they have. on. But there's so many good wineries around. There's mm-hmm. so many good young winemakers. They really put their soul into it. And they are they're treating this like a child. They're treating this like, like gold. And with me, what I always do is like, I have my little kids. So every year I buy 150 new rootstocks and I put them in the garden. And yeah, in my, in my garden for two years, I talk to them. Yeah, I said, you know, in 2025, you're going to go and be planted. You know, you're going to see your parents and going to do this. And yeah, so, and who, as I said, rootstocks and, and um, I, I think it's the best. And of course, weather. So we are in the mercy of the gods. Hmm. So there's really nothing we can do about it if the year is not fantastic. If, the, if it was very warm in the spring, the Easter, and they already started to bud, and then the flowers are out, they're starting to bloom, and then they have a frost. So it's a disaster. Or in the middle of the summer, you know, it gets really hot and this storm comes in and we have lightning and then hail comes down and many vintners, you know, lose two or three hectares of, of lands in a matter of five, seven minutes. Wow. Or my hunters, they go hunting, they forget to close the doors. And they, Chinkialis, the wild boar, go in there and they're having a feast. They're going from grape wow. to grape. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> and six of those wild boars can eat one hectare per night. And then you go there in the morning when I see, and you say, oh my God, I cannot believe they ate everything. But that's nature. Wow, you've got an incredible attitude. You've really motivated me to uh, want to visit your region. I'd love to go down there sometime and check it out. Uh, Absolutely. Really uh, I want to see. The, uh, is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners? Uh, you've shared so much. I, I can't imagine there is, but anything you'd like to tell them? Or? I have something to share with a lot of readers. Okay. I started to write of desperate of because I was alone so much and mm-hmm. everything fell on my head. I would like to let everybody know that it is up to you how you deal with the situations you can cave in and make yourself sick and then you cannot help your partner or you cannot help anybody with the situation having a positive attitude a good outlook be always kind and humble say thank you if somebody does something for you and don't make a difference between him and hers because at the end of the day Love does not have a face, does not have a gender. It does not have the looks or religion. You know, you have to be open to embrace and let everything else that is around you come inside and be um, open to challenges. Because without a challenge, you cannot live. Be If you fall down, it's supposed to be that you fall down, that you are... Um, and, and it's important for you then to find a way to go back up. And you will never find yourself alone, even if you are. Oh. And I feel like it's uh, it's not my thing. It's from Hans Christian Anderson. And he says, living alone is not enough. One must have freedom, sunshine, and a little bit of flower. And what I try to do with my book and with my story is to give the readers happiness and they can overcome any challenge that they, they want to if they can. Wow. And what I think what also important is never true on the past. And don't think on the future, but live in the present because every second that will pass you will never revisit you. Wow, Gudrun, that's awesome. Wonderful words to, to end our chat with. I want to thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I know, I know how busy you are, so I really appreciate you taking this the time to, to chat. It's Where can people difficult. follow you? Um, there is um, okay. So we have the websites. Um, I'm going to link that. 
I'm going to link that in the post notes. And then we have uh, the Instagram with Livanano Casalvento. Okay. There's also um, the books are being sold um, on Amazon. Okay. Um, it also will be sold at Barnes and Nobles. And um, you actually can go to any bookstore that is around the corner and you just put the title in or my name and then it pops out and you can order the book just from then and there. Perfect. It also come out in audio. Oh, good. Are you yeah. doing the audio? No. <laughs> my, 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 oh, no, no, no. I, if I read a book, I like to read my book in silence. <laughs> I don't want to read it out loud. So <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll put all the links in the show notes so uh, everybody can easily access them. And I also have to say something to the covers. So everybody designs the covers and they have a designer coming in. I have such amazing friends. And one of my very dear friends, um, Helmut uh, Schüssler, who is, who is in a completely different world in, 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 in the finance world, he specializes photography. And he actually went here and uh, he did the picture of the cover and I loved it so much that I used it because that is actually the view of my house. So oh, when nice. I look in the morning, yeah, that's the view. Okay. So that's my house. Those are my vineyards, the, the olive groves in between, the road that goes up to it. That's yeah. nice. The, the lemons that we grow here, the olives that we grow here, we make our own olive oil, we make our tomato sauces, marmalades. <laughs> And um, if this so funny, so when they ask me, what are you cooking tonight, Gudrun? I says, I don't know yet. I have to look what the garden has to offer. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Oh, I, I enjoyed I it. I really so enjoyed it. Really. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Well, you take care of yourself. Thank you. And I look forward to, uh, to seeing your property at some point. Okay. Absolutely. Would love it. Come as soon as possible with your wife. Thank you. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.